nothing but positive vibes over here. Peace and blessings. What's going on, beautiful people? What's happening? Good morning to you. Good afternoon or good evening. You are now listening to the Truth Moment Podcast. The podcast that delivers the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth through in real life conversations. So go ahead and grab yourself a snack, put a beverage in your hand, and even light yourself an incense. And let's get into today's conversation. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Dr. Dunn, or shall I say the queen bee of Let's Be Hive. Are you ready to learn the truth about HIV? If so, get ready, get ready, get ready, and tune in to Mika Joy's Truth Moment Podcast. So I'm just going to be honest with y'all. With all that has been going on in the news lately, with Trump, his dumb border wall, R. Kelly, Jesse Smollett, and now Michael Jackson, I had started to lose faith in humanity. It just seems to be a prevalence of ignorance, bigotry, racism, homophobia, xenophobia, molestation, and then what's really freaking me out is that people are trying to use these things to gain clout just sheer foolishness and nonsense even crazier is it's available to us non-stop constantly in our face so even if we're opposed to the behavior of the individuals we're, we're becoming a part of it chiming in on social media and discussing it over dinner it's unavoidable with the minute-by-minute notifications from CNN and BuzzFeed but instead of crawling under a rock and avoiding all human contact for the foreseeable future God reminded me of a scripture that those of us who are committed to living lives of positivity need to remember. In Matthew 5, verse 14, the Bible says, You are the light that shines for the world to see. You are like a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. People don't hide a lamp under a bowl. They put it on a lampstand. Then the light shines for everyone in the house. In the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. So despite how grim, negative, and nasty the world seems, we are called to live in a way that honors the Most High. So regardless of what craziness the news cycle brings, I am light. You are light. Let's shine brighter. This is Whitney Miner from EatPlantsAndProsper.com, helping you put a little self-care in your Sunday. Or when I tell y'all that God's time is always the right time. Today's episode, beautiful people, is super special to me because I have been praying. I have been hoping that this day would happen and uh, it's happening. And I'm super excited, y'all. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Truth Moment podcast. Any first time listening? Welcome. I hope and pray that this is not your first and your last time pressing play. And any returning listeners in the building, what's happening? Uh, So listen, folks, I got a special young lady in the building. I have known this young lady all of my life. And uh, she's known me all of my life. (laughs) And I got my sister in the building, y'all. 
So, uh, Miss Drea. Yes, ma'am. What's going on, honey? It's going good. It is. It is what it is. I'm here. Yes, yes. Praise God. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here, honey. You know, I have been. I have been working on you for a little minute, so you know, um, I'm just super excited that this this day is here. And I have been telling you for a long, long time. I felt like this would be a good place for you. Yeah, it's, it's, I I agree. I know it's 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 a good place because <laughs> I'm not with all of this live and videos and cameras everywhere. <laughs> believe it yeah. or not, but you know I do. I think um podcasts are definitely uh, more intimate. People can multitask and you know do multiple mm-hmm. things. And in the world that we live in now, everything is is for immediate gratification. So. You know, I think podcast you can reach a lot of people in a lot of different avenues instead of just, you know, they can listen as opposed to watch. Yeah, yeah, and I do think that's what a lot of people do enjoy about podcasts. You know, what you mentioned about uh, multitasking because you know when you're watching a video, even if you're watching, you know, like a YouTube video, you got to pretty much be locked in mm-hmm. and give that video your undivided attention to make sure you don't miss anything. But with podcasts, I mean, you could be driving. A lot of folks, you know, listen on their Bluetooth, uh, grocery shopping, working out, you know, cleaning the house, you know, Mm -hmm. anything. So, yeah, yeah. So welcome, Drea, to the Truth Moment podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So tell the people a little bit about who you are. Who is Andrea Dunn? Well, hello, everyone in Truthville. I am Dr. Andrea Dunn, and I have been practicing as a clinical pharmacy specialist for 10, almost 10 years now, which I, it finds, I, you know, I, I always laugh every time I say that because <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm passionate about pediatrics I'm very passionate about HIV education and um, I'm a mother I love my little my little ray of sunshine little J the J man yes super J (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's really been like the biggest highlight of of you know my life is entering into motherhood and um, but you know I'm, I'm a lover at heart uh, love helping people in any way that I can, and um, I'm a woman of God. I'm, I'm yes, a lot of things, but I'm definitely um, here to help in any way that I can. Yeah, yeah. Okay, alrighty. Well, what you sipping on over there, honey? Well, you know, my fave. I love uh, Moscato Diacity. Come on, come on. <laughs> Yes. So I'm sipping sipping wine. Yes. On your day off. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm not sipping wine for this episode, uh, surprisingly. Uh I actually just fixed a green smoothie. So that's what I'm I'm sipping on for our chit chat today. Okay. So um Dre, one thing I like to do with I try to do it with all of my guests is I start, you finish. So it's like, um, I'm going to throw a statement out at you and then you're just going to fill in the blank with the first thing that comes to mind. 
All right, let's go. Okay. So, it, I mean, it's it's real simple. Ain't nothing too crazy. You know, I ain't going to hit you with something that'll have you sitting over there like, uh-uh, no, she didn't just <laughs> throw that at me like that on the true moment. Mm. So they, they're real simple, real simple. So we're going to start with, I wake up every morning and? I thank God. Yes. Okay. I tell myself every day. You got this. I can dig it. I can dig that down. All right. Three things I never leave the house without are. My wallet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I do leave my cell phone. So I'm not good with the phone. Uh, or your keys. Or my keys. Yes. Those are like the top three things every day. As long as I got my wallet. My cell phone and my keys. Those those probably be the top three. Okay. Okay. If I could only watch one movie for the rest of my life, it would be blank. Mm. <laughs> this is probably gonna <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a good question. I, I will say I, I had an experience when I was in pharmacy school when I did not have cable because I couldn't afford it. And I used to watch um, oh, Ray Charles on DVD over and over again, and it was with um with Jamie Foxx. Yes, and it was so interesting how I ended up moving to Albany, Georgia, which is where he was born and where he's from. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a monument where it's uh, there's a lake. And it has a statue with him and it plays his music all the time. And that's actually, that was like a a place that I always went when I lived in Albany, Georgia. So I would probably, I don't know, maybe not for the, (laughs) I don't know about for the rest of my life, but (laughs) that movie played over and over and over again. And I feel like I know every song that they um, featured and highlighted in that, that movie. And when I would go, I have like a rough time, I would go sit at that lake. And that was my favorite place in Albany, mm. Georgia to sit. And I would go and sit out there. But uh, I would, that's probably the closest answer I could give off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. I never knew that. Yes, ma'am. Because we came there, I think, once. I think it was just once me and the girls came. Mm-hmm. I think that was when I first, in like the very first couple of months of me moving there, y'all came up and visited yeah, because you weren't there. You weren't there long. Mm, I'm a year. Were you there a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was when Kayla came and stayed. She was supposed to stay the weekend with you. And she wanted to come back like the next day or something like yes, that. Yes, and cry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, girl, do you know how far away we are from home? <laughs> okay. Um. So... What we have next? Oh, we have um if I had a superpower, it would be mm. if I had a superpower. Man, that's that's that you said you weren't gonna ask me no crazy questions. That one got me a little stumped too. I'm like, uh 
Okay, I'll or maybe I, maybe I should have said no, you know, nothing too personal. No, but I mean, I I would probably say a superpower. I I love girl power, Wonder Woman, you mm. know, Superwoman, Catwoman, all those superheroes, you know, that yeah, that kind of were for women. Um. I would probably say if I could create a new one. Come on, create it. I would probably, you know, try to create some type of a queen bee superpower where I could kind of help women to be who they Come were on. called to be and empowered because I think the strength of a woman is is, is amazing. And um, Nothing like it. If we could tap into our queendom you know, I think the world would be a whole better place. I can dig it. Because the future is female. <laughs> yes. So maybe you could like take, if you had a wand and maybe just, or like some pixie dust or something. The crown. And just, Okay. Mm-hmm. I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that crown. <laughs> yes. That would be a cool superpower though. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had anybody say they would create their own. Yeah, I'm a creator. I'm a visionary. I like that. I, you know, if it don't exist, I'm, I'll am i create my own and mm-hmm. figure it out some type of way. But yeah, I love creating, so. I can do that. Okay. In my quiet time, I blank. I either write, read, or sleep. <laughs> okay. And speaking of writing, I'm going to take it back a, a little bit here to your introduction when you told us who you were. Um, you didn't mention that you are a newly author. Yes, soon to be. Soon to be. Uh, the, the book I am currently working on, which will be my first of many others, um, is she is prepolicious and it is a seven step guide for HIV prevention, specifically for women and girls of color. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, you can call yourself an author. I mean, that's what I you am. Are. Yes, ma'am, I am. That's what you are. I am an author, no longer aspiring. I am. I am. Yes, there's a lot of power behind I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. And in closing, uh, my name is Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And I am blank. A fighter. Come on. I'm a lover, but I'm a fighter. Just don't test me. <laughs> Push me to the edge. <laughs> yes okay well see that was I start you finish okay I love it Mm -hmm. yeah I always tell I mean the listeners who've been rocking out with me for a minute you know know but um, Snoop has a podcast and when I first heard that he does this with his guests he does it at the end of his episode um I really liked it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to remix that thing. And I'm going to bring it on over to the truth moment. 
So I um, love it. Yeah, you have well, some, you, you know, things I had to really think about for a minute, but <laughs> I think I pushed through. I came through. You, you, yeah, you made it on the other side. <laughs> you know, and this just gives, um, you know, the listeners and and sometimes myself with certain guests the opportunity to just learn a little something different about you know the guests who are in the building so yeah so um moving on miss drea um so i wanted you to tell the listeners i wanted you to speak on a little bit about um you being the founder of let's be hive um absolutely you know with our whole topic today being are you hiv educated you know, I felt like it was only right for you to, you know, inform the folks about what Let's Be Hive is. Yeah, so Let's Be Hive, this is my baby. This has been uh, a vision. Like I said, I'm a visionary creator. And uh, I started dreaming about this when I was in pharmacy school, which was a very long time ago. As I said, I graduated almost 10 years ago. So this started uh, my freshman year of pharmacy school. And I was working on a project, um, believe it or not, and I just kind of let my mind go and started thinking of things. And I I had a dream about it and um, took it back to, you know, created a project with a group at school and um, just kind of sat on it for a long time. But throughout pharmacy school and everybody who was the closest to me knew I kept having these dreams and dreams and dreams about, you know, this beehive and, um, Eventually, you know, once I completed pharmacy school and got through residency training, um, you know, and going and traveling and taking contracts and working different places, I just started to experience a lot more. Um, But a lot of people, you know, don't realize that I was actually intrigued to go to pharmacy school after I completed an internship in my last year of undergrad at University of Florida where um, I was placed at the Florida Caribbean AIDS Education Training Center. And I was there for the whole semester. And that's the first time that I learned about HIV medications being Mm -hmm. able to prevent mother-to-child transmission. And I was like, whoa, you know, how does this work? You know, how how are these medications helping prevent transmission of this, what we knew at that time, to be a deadly disease? Mm -hmm. And... um, So I was initially intrigued to go to pharmacy school because of HIV medicines. I wanted to learn more about how they worked in the body and how they were blocking this disease. So um, after I graduated from UF, you know, that internship actually changed my major from pre-med to pre-pharmacy. And I went and applied to pharmacy school, got in. And so the first time I had an opportunity to do a project, it it was related to HIV and Beehive was born and created then. Um, but I didn't really act on it because I had to get through pharmacy school, get through residency. And um, once I, you know, returned back home and learned about the different um, rates of HIV here in the state of Florida, and specifically more so here in the city of Orlando. I was like, whoa, you know, just starting to see a lot more and just through patient experiences over the 10 year, 10 years of practicing and to come back home, I said, man, you know, I really got to do something to help. 
And so mm. a lot of people say, oh, you know, we, you're always here. We got to start with education, education, education. But yet we're not doing a lot of education, mm-hmm. at least not in the school systems, you know. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of a lack of education. And that is a contributing factor to it. So I stemmed from what I created in pharmacy school and just pushed through the visions that God continued to give me. And um, I just stepped out on faith and let's be hive stands for let's be HIV educated. So what we do is just provide HIV education, awareness and prevention services to the community. And so, you know, it's just really, it's all about HIV prevention and HIV is a preventable disease. And there's a lot of medicines out there that can, you know, it's no longer a death sentence. And I think that um, is something that a lot of people tend to still, you know, fear. And it's not something to say that you shouldn't be afraid of HIV because there's medicines that you can use now to treat it. But it's no longer a death sentence. And we treat HIV more like a chronic disease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, HIV is, is a is a huge topic and a lot of people are really confused don't really know how it works or you know yeah it's just it's a it's a way that we can help you know it is our mission to provide innovative health education workshops and prevention programs for children and adults in efforts to increase awareness reduce new cases of HIV as well as improve therapeutic outcomes among those living with HIV so, mm-hmm. so people living with HIV can also be a part of the prevention um, continuum as well. And a lot of people don't know that either. But yeah. these medicines, they some serious. <laughs> yeah. And I thought we could, you know, touch on, um, you know, something that was mentioned uh, last Saturday at uh, Queen V, which I wanted you to get into here uh, shortly, um, was about PrEP and PEP, you know, the difference in, I think that HIV is, uh, it's a scary topic for a lot of people. And, you know, I also wanted us to touch on, you know, myths and facts as well, but it is a topic even as grown folk, you know what I'm saying? That we, we, we just don't want to talk about it. Um, and even being a single woman, you know, it's, it's a conversation that's really not even had even before sex, you know, a lot of times we don't even know the other, the other person's status. Uh-huh. It's just, a, it's just a topic that I feel like uh, just really doesn't, doesn't come up. I agree. Uh-huh. I agree. One thing that you mentioned, I just want to chime in really quick as far mm-hmm. as, you know, doing it, talking about it before with our mission, it was very important for me being that I am trained in pediatrics that we include children in this conversation not necessarily elementary school children, but some states actually start to incorporate um, sex sex education very early. And yeah. it's something that we have to build upon and start. But our youth do need to be a part of this conversation as well, because just like you and I know, eventually these children, they grow up to be adults and the things that they learn in their childhood transitions into adulthood. So mm-hmm. we have to do more with including our youth. And that was very important to me with our mission with Beehive. And it's not a whole lot of programs out there that actually want to include children in the, in the discussion. 
And yeah. so, which is sad because I mean, truthfully, honestly, uh, children are having sex. They are. So they need to, you know, it, it, it's it's so much more than uh, young boys or men just wearing a condom. You know, the focus, the focus. I remember growing up, you know, with Mama D, the focus was just don't get pregnant. But mm-hmm. there was no conversation. There was no conversations, and I still feel like today in a lot of homes there still aren't conversations about uh, that that go beyond not just getting pregnant or a, a young boy not getting a girl pregnant. It's bigger than that. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, not only we're not we're not only talking about STDs, but we're not touching on the topic of HIV either. So, because mm-hmm. it's definitely bigger than just having a baby. But the the sad part about it is, is you know that sometimes people forget. But having an STD, even if it's not HIV, can still put you at risk of contracting HIV. And so, mm-hmm. you know, chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea, those are things that can be treated and go away. Um, trick is another one that a lot of people kind of clap crabs and all of these different things you know there's a lot of medications out there that can treat sexually transmitted diseases but for example herpes there's there's no cure for that and mm-hmm. one thing that's really common amongst a lot of things that are not really curable is their viruses there's no cure yeah. for flu there's no cure really for the common cold there's no cure for herpes which is a virus there's no cure for um HIV mm-hmm. and so you know most viruses you, you really can't cure and so once you become exposed to an STD say for example if you uh, a risk factor for STDs it is if you had one six months prior or within the last six months if you've been diagnosed with an STD that puts you at a higher risk of possibly contracting HIV just because mm-hmm. of the how your immune system works and so I think a lot of times people just want to get treated and that's it and keep moving but there's there's a lot more that we have to do even with our patients and educating a lot more specifically in the population if they are being treated for STDs mm-hmm. I think that's another thing too a lot of us um, don't know what the risks are uh, so we don't know what to be aware of you know what I'm saying we just we we don't know we not educated yeah well that's that's <laughs> what we here for we, to learn the truth about HIV so yes. you know just I just want to start with a, a background you know a lot of people get confused and I know you wanted me to kind of touch on the myths versus facts about HIV so one thing is that a lot of people think that HIV and AIDS is the same thing and it's not Mm-hmm. There's some people who are living with HIV that never progress to AIDS. So essentially, HIV stands for the human immunodeficiency virus. So we're all human, and they have that the H for human for a specific reason because there's other animals that can catch a form of, of HIV. Oh, um, really? Yeah. There's, there's oh. a feline. FIV for feline, like among cats. 
that a lot of people <laughs> don't Come know on, anything take us about. To school now, honey, take us to school. Yes, there's SIV. There, there's a few forms of of HIV or similar to HIV, the IV part, but there's different um, hosts. So wow. human is for only for humans, and it's only mm-hmm. exchanged or transmitted amongst humans. And um, so it's a, a virus that essentially attacks your immune system and it doesn't have, it uses your immune system to replicate itself. So the virus mm-hmm. is, is using people to, to make itself stronger mm-hmm. in so many words. And it uses um, the CD4 cells within our immune system. And um, so you can have HIV, but the difference between AIDS AIDS is acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. And so mm-hmm. that's pretty much the ending later stages of, of HIV. HIV. Yes. Okay. It's just the, the end stages of, of HIV. And so the, the weaker your immune system becomes, you transition from HIV into a, what is a syndrome of HIV, which is just AIDS because you've acquired this syndrome and now your immune system can't function. And so it's really a number Mm-hmm. Um, that based on your lab work that determines at a, a newly diagnosed patient if they're going to be diagnosed with HIV or AIDS, but they're they're, so no they're one, not equivalent. So no one starts off with AIDS. Some patients can, as far as a diagnosis, yes, it depends on okay. if they weren't treated with for yes. HIV. It depends. Okay. Yes, it depends on when they find out. So this is where it gets tricky, too, because a lot of people can go symptom free or they can mm. may have a, a symptom period. Um, but you can you're depending upon how strong your immune system is. Some people can go symptom free without knowing that they've contracted it and then their immune system starts to change. Because HIV gets in and starts to, to destroy essentially the immune function. Um, mm. So everybody's immune ability to fight this, this virus is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're diagnosed early and you don't know it, which there's statistics that show there are about one in seven people who are living with HIV, but they don't know it because they may not have any symptoms. They don't show any signs. And of HIV and they haven't been tested so they don't know mm-hmm. and this is one one of the biggest contributing factors as to why HIV is continuing to spread because there's a lot of people who have it and they just don't know it and so they can't really try to protect themselves from something they don't know they have Right. so yeah. um, if they do have it and say their immune system is fighting and trying to ward it off and, and HIV is winning and takes over the immune system, if their um, levels get so low, their CD4 count gets to a low enough level, then Mm -hmm. they'll be diagnosed with AIDS instead of HIV. Okay. So it depends on your labs that determines the diagnosis because some people can be newly diagnosed, but they're in the last stages of HIV because Mm. it took so long before their body can start to elicit a response. To, mm. to the virus. And so that's why it's so important for everybody to get tested, get tested. And not just, you know, there's certain 
even within testing recommendations as far as getting tested minimally everybody should get tested at least once a year yeah that was going to be my next question how often should should folks get tested I've I've heard the once at minimum once a year but it depends on your risk factors Um, so it, it, it depends because if you're just dating casually dating and have casual hookups from time to time and you're not in a monogamous relationship or you know you're just living life and you're doing you you're not really tied down anybody and you might have multiple partners you need to get tested more frequently if you're having unprotected sex with multiple people mm-hmm. for that because then you are at risk yes you're at a high <laughs> risk um by doing that and especially if it's unprotected sex that you, yeah. it's recommended you get tested every three months. Yeah. Every three months. And that three-month time period is very important because that's like a, what they call the window period. Mm-hmm. Meaning it can take up to three months before your body can elicit a res- an, an immune response once you've been exposed to HIV. Um, so typically the signs and symptoms that a lot of people may experience is most commonly everybody talks about flu-like symptoms and um, people think they may just have caught the flu and it can happen up to two weeks up to four weeks all the way up to three months before they've had a sexual encounter before their body may elicit responses Mm. so that's why it's recommended every three months for that particular population to get through that 90-day window period But if, you know, some people are, even if you are in a monogamous relationship, you still should get tested. And not only should you be the only one to get tested, you should be getting tested with your partner. Mm -hmm. Because that's another myth, Um, you know, especially about folks who are married, you know, uh, some wives and even some husbands may feel like, oh, I don't need to get tested. You know, I'm I'm married. I I don't have nothing to worry about. Yeah, but the thing is, is HIV has come into people's marriages and, you know, especially like back in the 70s and late 70s, early 80s when HIV was really thriving and starting to really, um, people really didn't know what it truly was then. You know, the name of HIV has even changed since then from the very beginning until now, what we know it as now. Um, But... I say all of that to say there were patients and people back then who either may have had sickle cell disease and they were getting blood transfusions or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they just had different disease states or, you know, may have gotten a car accident and they needed a blood transfusion. Or like the the young boy, Ryan White. Was that his name? Ryan White. Ryan White. He Mm -hmm. um, required a blood transfusion. And this is how it really got into some of the homes early on into marriages and it had nothing to necessarily do with infidelities, cheating Mm -hmm. and all of these things. Like I'm I'm sure it was a possibility back then just as so as it is now um, with infidelities within, within marriages, it does happen. And another big myth that I want to touch on is that a lot of people think that women can't give the disease to men. Mm, a lot of people yeah. have this misconception that it's men who are, you know, 
spreading this disease like wildfire. And I think it, it is most commonly among some male populations, specifically um, the same gender loving MSM, men who have sex with other men and mm-hmm. our homosexual uh, population. And um, in back a long, long time ago, a lot of women were stigmatized um, who were living with HIV because of the mother to child transmission, which we really don't see a lot of it as much now. Mm-hmm. And that gives me hope, too, that if we can reduce, you know, rates amongst mother to children, mother to child transmission, which you might hear as vertical transmission, um, we were able to really reduce those levels drastically because of mm-hmm. the, the medications. But women used to be stigmatized as being a cause of it spreading because, you know, women who were living with HIV continue to have children. But yeah. now, you know, as far as that's, that's, that's a myth, women can have children, HIV free children, even if they mm-hmm. are living with HIV, there's a lot of women, as long as they have, they're in care, taking their medications, and their viral load has been suppressed, which is yeah. what the HIV medications do is it prevents replication of HIV and it just suppresses it so low that it's not really a whole lot in the body but um you know it does get into marriages back to what what I was talking about for a variety of different reasons um and we have had I've I've had some patients who the whole entire family um mm. it has affected the in, the entire family wow um with with HIV and a lot of times they could be on the same all on the same medications all on the same regimen and mm. they, and they work through it together um, yeah but you know one thing i will say and i said this this past saturday at queen b is as we continue to move forward we're we're starting to see that love is overpowering this disease yeah and yeah. um despite that there are a lot of people who stay and stick it out and i think one of the biggest examples of that is um Magic and Cookie Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are a perfect example. That was the first, I think, example of people really seeing it, um, specifically in the community of color amongst mm-hmm. a, a heterosexual man who contracted the disease from a woman. And uh, he, he, they were newly married at the time that he found out his diagnosis and she was very early into her pregnancy mm-hmm. when he found out. If you haven't read uh, Believing in Magic, is definitely a, an awesome book. We featured that book during our second annual Queen Bee mm-hmm. HIV Awareness Symposium. And I was so happy and so excited that Cookie finally shared her side of, her of what was yeah. going on and her story. Just, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate for, for women and our Queen Bees, you know, and that Queen Bee superpower because mm-hmm. it's so needed and there are a lot of people and that's an example of love that overpowered his disease and her love for him helped him to be a big part of who he is today and, and get um, through it and get through it and now mm-hmm. look at you know how successful they've been able to come and help so many other people who are living with this disease and you know it's just really important but yes it can at the end of the day it can there's no one that is excluded Mm -hmm. from the possibility of contracting HIV. 
if you are yeah. having unprotected sex, and specifically when you look at the the risk factors, unprotected anal sex is the highest risk yeah. factor. Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted you to touch on that too because that's something that I've learned. Uh, just you know, being at the uh, Queen Bee, which I want you to touch on that too, um, a little later on. But that's something that I've learned. Um, even though I, I'm not a big fan of uh, of, of anal sex, <laughs> that's really not my. But you know what? Some people like it, and to, to yeah, some own. people love it. And this is not just a man, a male thing. You know, people think that MSM. That's you know, it's not. Yeah. There's a lot of women. And there's a whole big fad and, you know, it's mm-hmm. people, this is what they, you know, truffle butter. Let's go ahead yeah. and, and put it out there. Put it out there, honey. People, that's some people enjoy and some people prefer that and there's nothing wrong with it. The problem is, is that, like I mentioned at Queen Bee, that, that the rectal area is still a part of your GI tract. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of absorption that can still take place. And it's a real easy access because naturally we weren't made for anything to go in that specific Mm-mm. opening. Mm-mm. So it, so can, <laughs> it can tear easily. Yeah. And once it tears, it's an easy access. So there's absorption and then you have open access. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone and they come or ejaculate in that particular area and they have an opening, that's that's your your there's an entryway for yeah. HIV to enter into your body and it because it's um highly vascularized, meaning it's a lot of um vessels that kind of supports mm-hmm. that for the absorption process to occur. There's a lot of exchanges that still takes place. And um, it's easy to get into the system that way. So anal sex is the absolute highest risk mm. when it comes to sex. And if if there's anybody who's engaging in that type of sexual activity, then, you know, just a lot of what a lot of people are doing now is they use the female condom. They take the ring out mm-hmm. and they use the female condom as a condom for anal um, a lot of people kind of use it both ways, which, you know, not too many people talk about it. But if that's just the method you choose, one, get tested, get your partner tested and use protection. Um, yeah. And, and and I just want to say, you know, like like you said, draft, that's that's somebody's cup of tea out there. Hey, more power to you. But me, just me personally, I don't I don't dig that. And I'm kind of glad that I don't because I'll be putting myself at risk yeah and then vag- <laughs> vaginal so any in receptive sex which kind of puts the woman just physiologically based on our anatomy puts the woman at risk because we're the receiver of mm-hmm. of of a male or of a man and uh his his penis so the vaginal sex is the second highest risk and then there's a small risk that you can have even with oral sex that a lot of people don't talk about so when you mm-hmm. look at modes of transmission um, sex is the most common mode of transmission and then you can sh- share needles so it's an exchange of bodily fluids so if you have anybody who is an intravenous drug user and you're sharing needles that's a huge those are the two most common modes of transmission um, but when you look at 
anal, vaginal versus oral, with oral sex, the biggest risk factor is um, if you were to have, say, an ulcer or a cut in your mouth, or if you've been to mm-hmm. the, the dentist and you had your wisdom teeth removed or you had some type of oral procedure or, you know, any type of opening within your oral orifices, even if you have cold sores or things like that and you perform oral sex and the semen or Mm -hmm. the woman's vaginal fluids come, whatever you want to refer to it as, is, is on that opening area, it can be transmitted via oral sex. Mm. It's not as common and it takes copious amounts of um, bodily fluid to get in that area, but it's mainly amongst the the semen and the vaginal fluids. Mm. HIV is not transmitted in our sweat. It is not transmitted in urine or saliva. Those are like bodily fluids that, you know, people commonly like, for example, with Magic Johnson, when he first came out, they weren't sure back then with him continuing to play sports, if he would be at risk to mm-hmm. any of the other players. But now we know that that's different. Um, and uh, but definitely those are the three ways that you cannot get HIV. And so yeah, you don't somebody have to, need to know that too. Yeah, we don't have mm-hmm. to be afraid of people who are living with the disease. We just have to, you know, when you're engaging in sexual contact or sharing needles or, um, you know, if you're having a child or things like that, there's different precautions you have to take in order to prevent transmission. But, you know, a lot of people, individuals living with HIV, they live normal healthier lives than people who don't have it (laughs) so you know it's just it's another chronic disease that we are a lot of people are in in suffering from we have about 1.1 million people Mm. living in the united states with hiv but this is beyond the u.s this is a global issue yeah and it's Mm -hmm. you know a lot um more people who are affected, infected with this disease that live in other countries. But, you know, for the most part, with this beehive, we stay focused on what's going on here in the U.S., so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, Dr. Dunn. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come on back because I had a few other questions for you, and I'm sure that you have you know, a few other things that you want to touch on too. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come on back. All right. All right. Welcome back. Truth tellers. We are back in the building. Uh, We are joined by Dr. Andrea Dunn. Let's give it up for wherever you're at right now. (laughs) Give it up for honey, because she's been up in this thing, dropping all kinds of truth and taking us to school. Uh, so, Dr. Andrea Dunn, or oh, I'm, I'm just gonna call you Drea. <laughs> Drea, welcome back to the Truth Moment. Hey, hey, hey! You know we appreciate you, honey, because listen, you know there's a lot that I've learned, you know, over the years, uh, you know, with the start of 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 Let's Be Hive, uh, and now you are sharing uh, all of this this good news with the truth tellers out there. And and I bet you somebody somewhere out there who is sitting back and saying, 
dang, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I hope it is. I hope that somebody out there is really getting something from this episode. And if it's not something for you, it's something that you can actually pass along to somebody else. Uh, because sharing is caring. Y'all know I tell you that all the time. Sharing is caring. Yes, ma'am. I yes. hope it's helping too. That's the whole purpose in what I'm doing. Yes, yes. So one thing I wanted uh, to ask, Ray, and also one thing I wanted you to share with uh, the folks is the whole B theme, the, the B theme philosophy. Like, where did that come from? And then also the name, Let's Be High. What, what inspired that? Well, the name uh, Let's Beehive is one, it just let's be HIV educated. Like I said, you know, a little bit earlier before, it was so much, you know, talk about contributing factors to why HIV is still around is because of a lack of education. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I hear that for minority populations or people who are living in lower socioeconomical statuses or you know living in lower social economical areas um that may not have a lot of resources a lot of people just say oh lack of education so i wanted to create something that gave people a safe space to learn about hiv mm-hmm. and um we really that's all this beehive stands for and as far as the name i thought it was very important to add the exclamation mark in our name because I always wanted the learning to be in a fun environment. Oh, okay. Where it's exciting, fun. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> you know, just so people can, it's, it's such a heavy topic that I wanted it to be in an environment where it was a little uplifting to help lighten, yeah. lighten the mood. And that was, that was very important to me, but I want to be people to be educated and yeah and like learning about it and being empowered through through knowledge and so our our vision is to eradicate help eradicate hiv using health education as natural medicine and that's where the whole b theme kind of came from as you know we're in this era where everything is about natural being natural you know mm-hmm. so we have all these natural remedies there's nothing wrong with it um, a lot of our medications and a lot of things that we use now was built around that, that, you know, and back in the day, that's all we had was natural remedies. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just using our knowledge as power and mm. to help fight this, this disease. And so it's all about education. And with, when it comes to the bees and a lot of people may not know this either, um, I would probably say, and this was after I graduated pharmacy school, but I was so excited when I came across, they're doing research at George Washington University mm-hmm. in DC, and they're actually studying bee venom. You know, mm-hmm. if you get a bee sting and a lot of people are allergic to bees and, you know, the bee venom, mm-hmm. they found that, that it can kill HIV. What? Mm-hmm. Bee mm-hmm. venom. And they're trying to do research to formulate it into a a drug formulation. But the problem is, is that they can't, they were having a hard time trying to prevent it from hurting the human cells that we all need. Hmm. So this is just based in laboratory studies. Um, 
I actually need to probably follow up and look on where they are in their research, but years ago, and I thought it was perfect. This was before I came out with to the world uh, in 2015 with Let's Be High, but I did. I've always, you know, we use natural medicine and honey and uh, beeswax and royal jelly and all these things and face products and skin products and you know we use honey to treat the common cold and cough yeah. drops and yeah. you know honey honey is used for a lot of different things and yeah, um, there's a lot of benefits for antibacterial antiviral all types of, of benefits that honey has and so I wanted to tie in the, the natural part in, mm-hmm. in making education be something that should be normal. <laughs> yeah. This is, should be normalized, but we could use health education as natural medicine to fight this disease. And it just all ties in with the education. And mm. so everything that we do will be centered around a bee theme. And so um, how honeybees actually operate inside a beehive you know, there's one queen in, in every beehive and she's like the mother. So she represents the female. So I'm a queen bee was centered directly towards females. Yeah. Um, we have male bees. There's, you know, all types of things that we haven't really come out with yet, but they're going to hit different patient populations um, and different types of people, but they'll always have a bee thing to it just to kind of go with, with the branding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's smart, though. Yeah, That's girl. smart. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the thing, too, is, you know how bees, they, they pollinate and mm-hmm. how we can't really survive without bees pollinating our crops and helping to establish yeah. the world? I took that same philosophy. You know, we can save bees. Why can't we save ourselves? Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Why can't we take some of the that like the used bee products? So our as humans, our bee products within Beehive, we want to help people to develop the skills that they need in order to help prevent this disease, such as their knowledge and education, responsibility, self-sufficiency. Those are the products that we're trying to develop and build in people so that way they can operate in the world, which is analogous to inside this beehive that we yeah. have so yeah it's, it's a metaphor where we as humans represent the honeybee and we can create bee products such as you know the benefits of health education so our education can be as not analogous to honey or mm-hmm. beeswax and you know the honeycomb it's all connected so in my mind that, you know, I just gave, um, give a shout out to Chris <laughs> in my mind. Everybody knows Chris, <laughs> you know, I tend to, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It just made me think about him when I said in my mind. Um, but that's, that's what I see. Those are the visions that I had. And I, I was dreaming about bees for a long time and I really didn't know and understand how and why it was all interconnected. Um, and then when it, it came out sense, with the research to it, but you know, we can, we need this to survive just like we need bees to survive. Yeah. We yeah. Really it, do. Makes, it makes sense though. I read this on uh, Orlando immunology. Am I saying that right? Immunology center. Im- immunology. Immune, immune girl. Look, 
immunology. Immunology. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I read this and I thought it was, um, I read a piece that they did on you that I thought was, was pretty dope. But, uh, it says a mother discovers her inner queen bee and creates a buzzworthy approach to educate women and children about good health in HIV. A honey of a story. That article the queen had me has arrived. in tears. <laughs> yes, man, I can dig that. A queen has arrived and she has a message for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So with I Am a Queen Bee, um, you know, I shared with the listeners um, on Wednesday Groove with Chris last yesterday, as a matter of fact. um, And then also on last week's uh, Truth Moment episode. So I shared with the listeners about Queen Bee. And um, I wanted you to kind of dig into that a little bit and just, you know, let the folks know. Uh, what inspired uh, Queen Bee and exactly what it is. Because I think a lot of people have even seen it on social media. Mm-hmm. have seen people sharing because that's one thing I will say now. People have shared uh, Queen Bee. And I think that a lot of people are still like, well, wait, what is that? <laughs> yes, the love has definitely um, confirmed and solidified a lot of the visions that I had and I think you know a lot of people gravitated to it because there's definitely a need so we have uh I'm a queen bee um it was important to me to start that or debut that to the community as our annual event just one I am a a female and um there's different national HIV awareness days and in March uh, centered around International Women's Day, Women's History Month, and all of these different things around women. March 10th is National Women and Girls HIV Awareness Day. So that's why we picked March to um, solidify and highlight that HIV Awareness Day. But like I mentioned, every role of bee- honeybees inside the beehive has a, a, a role within Let's Beehive. And mm-hmm. the queen, she's that mother, you know, and like we stated at the very beginning, the future is female. I think, you know, with women, we have the ability, we have such a this superpower where mm-hmm. we can, we can really help. We, we're the ones who are helping and, and shout out to all my single dads out there too, because I know there's a lot of men who are raising children, but a yeah. lot of the responsibility does fall on that, that, that woman. Sure does. And rearing and, and raising a child. And that's what that queen bee does inside the hive. She is laying eggs all day long. But you know, the queen, she has sex too. Mm-hmm. And she has sex with multiple male bees, to be exact, in order to get all the sperm to lay all oh, these she gets eggs. Down, she, huh? she get it in. <laughs> she, you know, not to say that that's, you know, what queen bee is about, but just realistically speaking of yeah. like the nature of how they function. It you know I studied bees to learn more about it, and that's how I was able to come up with the the synonyms and how they all parallel. But she does; mm-hmm. she has sex with multiple what they call drone bees, and our male bees are drones. So there's so much coming for the men too. So they come on, man, y'all better get ready too. Um, <laughs> but definitely, and uh, 
you know, just she she has babies. So then you can talk about vertical transmission from mother to child. You can talk about, um, you know, rearing the children and then preparing them to get ready. So she's just like the the mother of a household and she's running and operating and dictating the whole flow of what's going on inside that home. And then the bees that she's creating, they go out and they can pollinate different crops and they go and they learn. And those are like the children once they get older and they go out and they have different roles. So just as a a female, she, the queen bee represents the female Mm -hmm. and everything that kind of goes along with what we have, but it's all about empowering. Um, Women need to know. I think we also, as women tend to put ourselves second, we put other people before us. We put our relationships before us. We put a lot of things in front of in front of ourselves and queen bee is all about empowering women to always wear their crown that was the very first queen bee that we did and Mm -hmm. and the crown was symbolic for royalty you know we we are so much more than we really know and if we tap into that queen bee superpower we can really become so much more as far as not being able to let all these other things come before us, if we put ourselves first. That's true. And so everything we do at Queen Bee was centered around royalty. So wearing your crown, that's that, our shield. And we highlighted the female condom the first year, which a lot of people didn't know really existed. The second year. And the female condom actually has really good perks to it, but if if there's anybody out there who is allergic to latex, the female condom is not made with latex. And it also gives the the male um to the option to be free and you're protected as opposed to mm. him always, you know, wearing a condom. It gives the man a chance to not wear a condom but still have a form of protection in place. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that existed. I still hadn't, you know, hadn't experimented with that, but I, I learned that female condom existed because you never hear. Yeah, it used to be by prescription only. So that's why a lot of people didn't hear about it, but now it's, it's available, you know, over the counter and anybody can get to it now, but that's probably one of the biggest. So they're in, they're in like Walgreens and anywhere that you can buy condoms. FC2 is where it is and you don't even necessarily have to buy them because a lot of local health departments have them for free and a lot of community-based organizations i wouldn't even go buy them let's be hard we have a ton of free female condoms and we actually have a condom distribution program where we give out free condoms to the community so if there's anybody who is listening and you live in the orlando area or even if not you know we'll talk about our contact information at the end but um, definitely reach out to us and um, I can get you connected to to trying some and having some. But I, I don't necessarily think it's even necessary to buy them because they're so readily available and they're free. Yeah. Um, but that crown is a symbol of royalty. So as a queen bee in beehive, you know, that's one of the first things you always, always wear your crown. And that's the condom, mm-hmm. even in sexual intercourse, wear that crown to protect yourself. And it was very important, too. We did protect your throne and reign supreme. So irregardless mm-hmm. of the multiple 
prevention options that are out there, such as PrEP, PEP, treatment as prevention, abstinence. Um, you can use any one of these using condoms prevention methods to protect your throne and you have options so whichever way you choose to go to protect your throne choose which option protected and reign supreme and that's Mm -hmm. that's queen bee is a war about women empowerment loving yourself you know and having a sense of you've done a good job (laughs) Being free, you know, a lot of people yeah. put women down because they are engaged in sexual activities. No, it's a part of nature, and eventually, everybody is going to experience it from children mm-hmm. into adulthood, whether you're married or not married. It's just something that's a part of life that everybody is going to one day experience. And and it has such a negative, you know, now the mention of sex is just it's all these negative little pieces that are attached to it when sex really is not a bad thing it's not a negative thing it's so you know it's beautiful it can be beautiful yeah but i think with the negative connotation especially in the religion or or among religion people is just because it was meant for married couples Mm -hmm. um and so anything with sex outside of marriage is where that negative connotation came from and uh you know and and it is true. And like I said, I'm a woman of God and I understand that. But just honestly speaking, even as a Christian, that's something that I think a lot of adult people still struggle with mm-hmm. is yeah, not having sex. But that doesn't necessarily mean that their love for God has changed. It's just something that they probably have to pray a little bit harder and not put themselves in situations to entice that that feeling. But naturally, mm-hmm. we all have it. We all have that desire. And the older we get, you know, people go through different waves, I call it. You know, everybody has a, a sexual cycle is what I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it comes and goes in waves and peaks and highs and lows throughout your life. And, um, yeah, it do. <laughs> yeah, it do. So, you know, that's what Queen Bee is all about. And um, it's really just empowering women to take more control of their sexual health and being yeah. proud about it. Now, I will say this year, Drea, um, and I told you this year was different, but it was different, you know, in a good way. And I think that, um, you know, with the introduction of Prepolicious and the dance and, you know, you had everybody get up and it kind of took me back for a minute. I'm like, wait, we got to get up and do what? Wait a minute. But I think just the involvement and everyone and each year the energy of the conversation of HIV is lighter. It's not as heavy. And I think people really enjoy, you know, each year and each queen bee. And I, and I know that there are people that have been at the very first queen bee and, and even to the one that was just this past Saturday, your fourth annual and um, who really look forward to it. Like there was, there was a group of women who had came right they came from a center or somewhere mm-hmm. let me tell you before i had even posted a save the date or anything people was calling emailing mm. hey is are you gonna have queen bee this year and i was like <laughs> whoa you know and just to be honest with you you know mika and a lot of people who are the closest to me you know knows that i have evolved as well along this this journey 
You sure have. And um, God has me completely out of my comfort zone. Yeah, honey. And so a lot of work in that flow. <laughs> Well, wait a minute now, because I love to dance. <laughs> Give me a little. No, I mean, even when you were up speaking. Oh, yeah. Like, you owned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You seemed like you were in a very comfortable place. Yeah. It, it started out uncomfortable in the very beginning, because I didn't quite, like, I knew what I needed to do. I knew what God was calling me to do, but I didn't quite understand every bit and piece of it. And so mm-hmm. as time has evolved, God has continued to make things a little more clear and clear and clear for me. And um, I prayed for a long time that he, he put me in the position to meet the right people that would help me yeah. to fulfill this vision and, and fulfill this this responsibility that he has placed on me to really help people understand um, that, you know, it's okay. I think as Christians, mm-hmm. we have to learn to not judge people. This is true. It's, it's, as Christians, we, we <laughs> there's <laughs> even stigma even within the church system. But Amen. even in churches, and, you know, I, I'm not knocking churches because there's a lot of churches who have been very supportive of what I'm doing and be having. I'm very grateful and appreciative of that but I think when it comes to stigma related to HIV you know there was a period in time where I kind of went through some some stigma myself and I was Mm -hmm. you know kind of starting to feel down about it and I'm like Lord what is going on but you know I have evolved along with it and every year I get stronger and stronger with you know what I'm doing and my my mindset has changed and yeah. um, I feel like I'm the more I get involved with Beehive and the more that I feel like I'm helping and reaching other women in places that a lot of people don't normally see, you know, God mm-hmm. used people mm-hmm. and put them in the most weirdest places that you wouldn't think he used he used all types of people to reach people in different types of ways and that's one thing with with let's beehive is i really wanted to do things different that was my mission if i was going to do this i want to do it different and really help people to see it (laughs) in a different light so yes and those young ladies they it was a group of them um shout out to steps is the name of the organization um but there were 35 women who came and supported and they signed up and i was like lord i see it (laughs) you know they always say the the parable you know build it and they will come Mm -hmm. you know i just stepped out on faith and i'm learning every day that there are a lot of people who are seeking to learn more they just don't know how and they don't yeah yeah breaking it down in an easy form and in a way that people can really relate to and understand it and not be so technical and, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. proper and, you know, just be real with people and really yeah. give it to them raw and, and let them process it and digest it. Not just, you know, give so much. It's, it's, it's a big topic and it's it bigger is. than just HIV. It was bigger and that's than one that. Thing I've, I've enjoyed about the panel, um, the panelists every year like they are I think people could really see themselves in them and identify with their stories Mm -hmm. and I think that's what makes it more relatable is that you have real people I mean the second year you had a guy yeah who shared his story Mm -hmm. you know and it's just I think that 
people are able to see that, you know, this can happen to anybody, like <laughs> anybody. Yep, absolutely. No matter your background, your race, um, education, like HIV does not discriminate. So I think that is, you know, what has really pulled people in is that, hey, look, this is. It's a serious I, matter. That's, yeah. you know, a lot of people as AKA, we chant, it's a serious matter. And it yeah. really is. HIV is a very serious matter. And people need to wake up and pay more mm-hmm. attention to it because it's affecting more and more communities more than we think it is. And a lot of people, you know, there's been a lot in the media within probably the last six months to a year about the rates in Atlanta and mm-hmm. um, the total number of people living with HIV has a high population in Atlanta. But mm-hmm. when, when you look at the new diagnosis not the total number, but we're looking at new cases by city. Mm. Orlando ranks higher than Atlanta. Mm. Yeah, that was that was shocking to hear. Orlando ranks number two by cities. Just looking at the cities within the United States, Miami is first, then Orlando, then Atlanta. Mm. So a lot of people, you know, it, that live in the South, majority of the rates of HIV are concentrated in the South. A lot of now, why do you think? Why do you think that is? Is is that because is that a, a result of people who move here? No, 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 not okay. necessarily. I think you know, there's a lot of contributing factors. People who may say move from New York, California, or Texas, or somewhere, move here to Florida, if they are in the system within those states and they Mm -hmm. come here, these are non-duplicated cases. These are brand new cases. Oh, wow. It's not because people are moving here, and that's definitely a big myth that a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. I think in Florida, we have a, maybe we're testing more. Um, Mm, Okay. And we have, you know, maybe, like, I don't know what the testing numbers are for other places, but maybe our initiative to test more is here, but there's other things that other states have done that the state of Florida has not initiated, which has caused the rates of HIV to decrease in other places. And I think our rates are steadily going up and theirs are going down. And that's why in the South, it's affecting us more than it is in other places that are more predominant. Because right now, mm-hmm. when you look at the states, the state of Florida is ranked number one for new cases of HIV. So that's beyond Texas, California, mm-hmm. New York. I mean, big cities and states that it was highly affected in those populations years ago. It's changed, but they've made changes, and that's how they've gotten their rates to come down. They instilled the Clean Needle Exchange Program, which we are piloting down south um, at the University of Miami, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So that's for. Um, people who are intravenous drug users where they can actually have access to clean needles instead of sharing needles. Yeah. And so it was very controversial because a lot of people feel like they're promoting drug use. Yeah. And a lot of like the main... It's kind of like if you pass out 
condoms. Condoms that you're promoting it. And they talked, mm-hmm. they touched on that um, Saturday as well, specifically like in the drug, uh, in the jail system. You know, if you give condoms to people who are in jail, is it going to promote sex? But it's a double-edged sword. When you say mm-hmm. no to something, what are you saying yes to? Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, HIV is a communicable disease and it can be spread amongst other people. And if we really want to get to zero and have no transmissions, then we have to put things in place to prevent it from happening. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of other states have done that the state of Florida has not implemented as of yet. We don't have a comprehensive sex education within the school systems as a state as well. And so uh, right now, the state of Florida is absent is based only. And that's a huge um, factor by not being able to educate children and teenagers on the whole comprehensive mm-hmm. sex education, not just one part, which is abstinence. The abstinence is very important um, religiously and mentally. And, you know, waiting is, is really one of the best options because there's so many other things that come along with it when you open up Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> you know, but the, the reality is a lot of, uh, a lot of kids are not doing that. Mm-hmm. And just understanding the importance of self-preservation and, and loving themselves enough to, yeah. to wait and, and being different. You know, I have a series that I did with uh, a few churches where I, present on it being okay to be different for those who want to practice abstinence or celibacy for those who have maybe engaged in this starting over or just having a period where they're not engaging in sexual activity mm-hmm. so you know it's okay and it's, it's okay to, it to sure not is. have sex <laughs> it's it not sure the end of the world that's think, where you know, I'm at right now honey that's exactly where I'm at right now and it is okay yeah definitely so when it comes to those things and I think a lot you know when it comes to women I'm just going to be candid here with the whole R. Kelly yes scandal that's going on you know when it comes to National Women and Girls Day you know one thing I don't like and I'm not saying that I advocate because I don't agree with the things that R. Kelly has done and um allegedly girl <laughs> that part but you know it's a lot of women who have experienced um, sexual abuse Uh and being a victim of sexual abuse myself this series that came out like it it really did something for me and um, it took me back to a lot of things but there's a lot of young men who are suffering too due to sexual um, abuse because a lot of our black men get abused too yes and I've said that Drea on on a few episodes it's just a cycle of abuse and it affects men and women and I think that because he was abused and things that he went through, he didn't know any better. And sometimes people are just doing things that they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. quite. And then he went through it so long from seven or eight to 13. Yeah. Where it becomes normal. 
it becomes yeah. normalized and this is what I'm this is what I like to do you begin to like it you begin to love it and yeah. there's there's two things that can happen to people who become sexually abused they either become hypersexual or not sexual at all and they do everything they shut to avoid it so mm-hmm. you know it's just it's really sad and really unfortunate um and I really you know pray for a lot of those young girls that experience the things that they went through not knowing how to get out of the situation and endured and suffered longer than they probably mm-hmm. should have but you know I also pray for R. Kelly too he he needs yeah. help yeah he does he needs I've help and the people who helped him out. needs help yeah I've said on a few episodes my heart goes out to, to young Robert seriously because it's like now that he's a grown man, he has had to grow. He has had to grow up still carrying around that hurt as a little boy and confusion and, you know, just not really understanding or never talking about it. This was his sister. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that was the, the only person. Um, but how confusing would that be to a young boy? And not really, you know, they, they said it happened when their mom would be gone to work and the, and the older sister would be watching them, you know, um, it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's, it's really sad. Um, uh, because now that he's a grown man, you know, I think that he is in a place of feeling like there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. That's why he hasn't come out and, and admitted to anything. He's still, saying it wasn't him on the sex tape. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, he can't admit to these things because I really feel like he doesn't feel like he's done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. He's just acting out of, of what he's feeling. It's a sense of control too, yeah. that he probably if, became if addicted about, to. Yeah. If you think about it and you hear, and I've actually just started watching a few of the um, episodes from, surviving R. Kelly because I hadn't seen it and you know just hearing some of these stories control was a a major issue but that for me that took me back to when he was a little boy when he felt like he didn't have any control Mm -hmm. and I think that was a part of the sisters yeah problem too because of the control that she had over them and they Mm -hmm. could do whatever they wanted to do It's, it's, it's it's a domino effect yeah, especially being that she was, you know, babysitting. And, you know, growing up, your parents tell you, now you got to listen. You know, they the oldest. You got to listen to what they tell you to do, you know, and it's unfortunate. It it really is. It really is. Mm. But, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Mm. But yeah, um, you know, Drea, I just, I really want to applaud you. And I've, I've told you this before and I've, I said it to you even the night after um, Queen B uh, is that I'm, I'm truly proud of the work that you're doing and what you're offering to the community is needed. But for me, I see it going and I'm pretty sure you have too. I, I see it going beyond the communities here in Orlando. Like, I see you traveling with this. 
Okay, I think I lost you some kind of way. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Can you hear me? I can hear, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, so I don't know. So you you could hear what I was saying. I just Yes, you were saying that uh, you could see me taking it on the road. And I was saying I could, I could see that too. I just, you know, in time, I try to do things really slowly and you know you do gradual because I'm 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 such a perfectionist and I don't like to do it unless I know it's gonna be done right and I can handle it. I definitely never bite off more than I can chew. So yeah. I've been trying to take, you know, baby steps with it. But definitely I would love to go on the road and, and, and travel and reach people, not even just women, just people. Mm-hmm. And, and people matter. All you know, all over. Anybody who's willing to listen, I'll talk all day long. But, you know, it's it's very important. But definitely so with the book um, coming out, it kind of goes into, you know, the segue of prevention. And um, so I uh, trademarked She is Prepolicious. And, uh, you know, back in prep, or Truvada is the name of the first medication that falls into this prevention category, um, was really advertised heavily for gay and bisexual men or men who mm-hmm. have sex with men. And there wasn't really a lot of advertisement, a lot of advertisement for women. And a lot of the research was only for men until they started introducing research and doing studies with this medication in women too. And it showed to be greater than 90% effective at preventing HIV, not only in men, but women Mm. as well. So this medication was approved back in 2012, but only men are really being prescribed this medication. And Caucasian men and women, for that matter, if there were any women, it really wasn't amongst people of color. And Mm. a lot of you know, African American, Hispanic, and you know, white is a color too. I'm gonna tell you, it is. <laughs> I it already is. got people trolling and saying little things like, "I'm just, you know, all about black people," and that's not true. Or minorities, that's not true. It's just not enough out there that are targeting towards minority populations. Yeah, and I think as a black woman, I'm gonna naturally want to do things for people in my culture or minorities for that matter. But you know. Right. Caucasian or white, that's a color too. Anybody of any color, we're all, we all bleed red. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter when you talk about, you know, color, but I did. I wanted something that would be very beneficial for, for women to learn about PrEP and understand that, you know, with the Me Too movement, PrEP is for me too, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, as a woman and just knowing that it's an option. So the She is Prepolicious seven-step HIV prevention guide for women and girls of color is just something very simple and things that I've used in my HIV prevention toolbox that I wanted to share with other women to help empower them on how to get through things. And I think a lot of people think, you know, because I have credentials behind my name or I'm educated, I haven't been through nothing. No, I've been through a hell of a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I'm 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 a woman first, and a lot of things that a lot of other women went through, I've gone through a lot of those things too. I've just worked really hard to overcome those, and so I really want to help other women 
you know, come through too. Yeah. And yeah. Um, using a prevention tool that's available would be helpful for women to learn as well and, and, and be confident in it. And, and one thing I've noticed too is a lot of people don't like to share on social media and all of these things because there's still so much stigma associated with HIV that this was a way I could write. I love writing. I've always journaled for years. Um, so writing a book seems natural, but I wanted a way where I could reach women in the comfort of their own home, you know, in the privacy of their own home and to yeah. be able to read and to connect and, you know, to be a variety of different stories of different women who have given me permission to share their stories. Hmm. Um, now, truth tellers, I'm 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 learning just as y'all are learning, uh, because let me tell you, this sister here, <laughs> a lot of folks didn't even know about the book. Like when she dropped it on us all at the Queen Bee event, I was sitting like, wait a minute, what? Absolutely, a lot of people want to know. A lot of parents want to know how can they talk to their children. You know, it's, it's there's so much more to come with uh, Beehive when it comes to education. It's not yeah. just sitting in a classroom and, you know, I wanted to definitely take it to a whole nother level. And, you know, starting a book is, is one avenue to get into people's homes. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere. Everywhere. Not even mm-hmm. just here in the U.S., everywhere. And so if anybody is interested in purchasing She is Prepalicious, the seven-step HIV prevention guide for women and girls of color. They can go to drandreadunn.com and pre-order their book today. It will be released in July. Um, so we are currently taking pre-orders. Um, and the website is drandreadunn.com. Drandreadunn.com. Yeah. And I'll put it in the show notes too. Okay. I'll put the link in the show notes. So uh ladies and gentlemen, that gives you a reason this week to go to the show notes. Okay, because y'all know y'all don't be paying no attention to the show notes. So now you got a reason. Okay. So you can go and pre-order. <laughs> and if yeah, and if anybody wants to uh reach out, like I mentioned earlier, if you are in the Orlando area or if you're not, um and if you're not in the Orlando area. Uh, metropolitan area I can definitely connect you to resources where you are to help you get free condoms but if you're in the Orlando area and you need free condoms just um, you can either send me a direct message through Let's Beehive on uh, Instagram our handle is L-E-T-S-B-E-E-H-I-V-E and that's at Let's Beehive and it's the same handle on Twitter as well as uh, we have a fan page on Facebook, Let's Beehive. So those are the three avenues you can definitely reach out to us. And I understand we get direct messages all the time with questions about all types of stuff. Um, So if anybody has any questions related to the things we talked about today or want to learn more about resources or how they can get on PrEP, um, where the prep resources are, all of those things. And I also want to say that um, I will be starting my own podcast. <laughs> Come on. Um, Come on. The inspiration that I've had from a lot of people, including Mika Joy and um, C. Will, and in my mind, everybody knows Chris. You know, yes. we're all family. And yes. um, 
I just have to, you know, it's a lot going on. I got a lot of moving parts, but <laughs> it was just the timing that I needed to to get it everything together. But um, definitely, so that will be coming soon. And so just be on the lookout for that. And that way you can learn in the comfort of your own home. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I think that's going to be awesome, Drea. I really do. And I think that because, listen, I don't even know. I mean, I know that there are so many different podcasts out there, but I wonder if there are really podcasts out there who really cater to uh, the, the subject, the topic of, of HIV. Definitely. There's a few of them. Um, I don't know them all off the top of off of my head but there there are a few people that are definitely out there advocating there's a few radio stations too um from a few hiv advocates and activists who are really out there doing a lot of the work um so i'll definitely be joining you know them in in this this world of podcasting and and radio and all those different things will definitely um venture into that but there are a few I don't know them, and I apologize to you guys. I don't. I can't remember everybody off yeah. the top of my head, but there's a few um, that come to mind. But I think yeah. it, it will be something, you know, that's different and um, and needed, and something that's so necessary and different. Yeah. Needed, so. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you, honey. I'm looking forward to present play. <laughs> Yeah, so y'all be on the lookout for that. And I'm sure you'll be sharing that too, Drea, uh, via social media. Absolutely. Yeah, so y'all be on the lookout because, you know, y'all going to get connected on social media. You follow everybody else. (laughs) That's true. But thank you, uh, Mika Joy, for the opportunity. And um, the door door has been (laughs) wide open for you, baby. Yeah, I just wanted to wait. I had to wait to get some things in order but um thank you for your patience and um (laughs) you know continuing to uh help push me to this next level yes honey yes well I thank you I thank you I was so excited knowing that um you was really gonna do it this time (laughs) because I I felt like before you just kind of like shot me down or I mentioned it and but this time you really you came back with some responses I wasn't ready for. I said, like, oh, okay, well, oh. <laughs> she weeded this time. <laughs> yeah, girl, let's get it. Yes, yes. So thank you, Drea, for your time uh, and for having this conversation with us on your day off. I know you're still trying to, you know, get it together from this past weekend and, you know, on top of just still working and still taking care of your, you know, your everyday responsibilities so i appreciate your time um today with talking with us yes yes well truth tellers i guess that that about wraps it up um like she said if you guys have any questions um anything that you want to reach out to her about you are more than welcome to do that if you all um even want to reach out to me with questions or, or anything concerning um, Let's Beehive or any questions that I could pass along to her, whatever works best for you. Um, you know, you, you do have several options. Um, this podcast episode, if you know that it will bless somebody's life, 
please be a blessing to somebody and share it. And if there's anybody out there too that um, loves the cause and loves what we're doing and wants to give a donation to help us continue to fulfill our mission, um, definitely we have a cash app, Let's Beehive. And if you go to letsbeehive.org, there's a donate button there as well. And we're always accepting donations. Yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that, Drea. Yeah, people need to know because I'm I'm sure there are some people out there who do want to, you know, support you in any way that they can. Um, so yeah, beautiful people, y'all, you know, like I said, make sure that you share this episode with someone. There are plenty of ways you can share. You can share via uh, Apple or iTunes, uh, Anchor, Spotify, even if you just share it in your IG stories. You know what I'm saying? Just share it with somebody somewhere. All right. So y'all be blessed and I'll see y'all in the next or talk to y'all in the next episode. Peace.